internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we did an episode by episode recap in the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms because it is truly outrageous, but we're not doing that anymore. We finished it. We finished the cartoon, you guys. I mean, the comic book exists, but the cartoon's done. That was our main mission statement. Yeah, and the comic comes out like once a month, so. We can't keep doing a weekly podcast for no material. Oh, God. So it's been three years. Episode zero, Come On and Slam, was posted on YouTube on March 14th, 2015. Okay, so it's been like two and a half years then. So that that started when like I was listening to Sailor Business and Mackenzie and I had watched a whole bunch of Gem before I moved out to Seattle and I was like, I want to talk about Gem every week. Mackenzie's seen Jim. Kit knows how to edit audio and has not seen Jim. I can use my friends. Let's sign Kit up for a three-year-long weekly podcast. There's no way this will have a negative effect on her well-being. There's no way she won't get a full-time job in the meantime. You know, this this is the most mind-boggling thing for me. We're recording an episode to sort of wrap up the Jim Jam as we know it, and I still don't understand why people are listening. Yeah, I don't either. I am pleasantly surprised every time someone says they like it. Apparently we're entertaining. Who knew? This isn't me like begging for compliments, by the way. This is just a part of how my brain functions. I sincerely don't understand it, but it's nice. 65 episodes of Gem and the Holograms. 39 comic recap episodes. That's including Gem and the Holograms, the Misfits comic, and all the annuals and side stuff. Oh, buddy. You know, honestly, that's way more Gem than we signed up for, too. Guys, we didn't plan this. We didn't plan to jump on the Gem zeitgeist. It just kind of happened accidentally. We, we were just going to do the show, and then suddenly a comic started, and then the movie happened. And then the movie was a disaster. Two weeks in theaters. It made less than death. Go. So I gotta say, one thing that for me was really fascinating to go through this cartoon again is that as much as I've watched it before, I've never done like a close watch of it. I've never done like an analysis. And I have to say, I am enriched by figuring out this much more about this cartoon and being able to connect individual moments like the bears blocking Synergy's hologram projections to look who it is. It's Little Miss Pink here in the sing-alongs. The show is interesting in that I'd heard it talked up how weird the show was, but it's actually like fairly coherent like it's more or less internally consistent like once you accept certain rules about the world of the show everything that happens in the show is a logical extension of that you know how have we gone through this entire podcast with none of us having the show bible i technically have it on my dvds no no no. those are excerpts oh never mind i don't know we're gonna gift to the magi ourselves this for christmas aren't we <laughs> we're each going to give each other a copy of the gem show bible Honestly, like, out of anybody here, I'm really interested to hear your retrospective on this kid, because this was all fresh to you when we started. I talked about this a little bit in our episode zero, but I'll recap this again. How this happened from my perspective is that I was minding my own business, and then Annie messages me and says, hey, me and Mackenzie want to do a podcast about Gem and the Holograms. Are you interested? And I said, I've never seen an episode of Gem and the Holograms. And she said, that sounds great. I think in Annie's head, she was hoping that I would volunteer to edit it and the fastest way to get me to volunteer to edit it was to invite me on the show itself. I'm not saying no. But you know what? I was unemployed at the time, so whatever. And also I wanted a chance to hang out with my friends. You live in Canada. This is true. Before this podcast, I had not met either of these people in person. So this is was actually a really, really great way to connect with these two. I've known Mackenzie for years and Ever I've... since I attracted her over with my Inuyasha bag. No, that is not 
how that went. We were in two classes and they were both good classes. And I was like, she seems cool. I like what she says in class. But oh, that's one of those like, I bought this at an anime convention, Inuyasha-sama bags. I hope that's not hers. And it wasn't. It was her roommates. For the sake of clarity, we might want to uh, explain to the audience how it is exactly we met. It was somehow related to the Mass Effect comics I posted on DeviantArt. I had started poking around on DeviantArt for Mass Effect stuff because after Mass Effect 2 came out, I was like, oh wait, I kind of like this series because I'd forgotten after Mass Effect 1. So I started poking around DeviantArt for fan art because I hadn't been on the internet in a while at that point and I didn't know where you go for good fan art, but it's okay because Annie's comics were up on DeviantArt and she was making these like hilarious little Mass Effect comics. I was like, oh, this person seems cool. And then I saw a little notice on the profile that said, hey, all my new comics are being posted on Twitter now. So I clicked that. I followed her on Twitter. And about six months later, you followed me back? Yeah, I'm really bad at that. This was in the era of Twitter where followbacks were a thing. So yeah, Mass Effect is responsible for one of my very good friendships. And Inuyasha was responsible for the other. <laughs> Actually, I seem to recall that was about the same time. Like, I remember I was doodling a lot of those Mass Effect comics in the back row of our telecom class. Uh, we sat down together back there, not on purpose, just because we needed somewhere to sit. I think we both shown up a little bit late and neither of us wanted to be up front for that telecom class. And then I looked over and saw you drew, doing Garrus. I said, oh my God, is that Garrus? And you said, yes. And eventually it came out and you were like, so is that Inuyasha bag yours? I was like, no, my bag just broke. And so Bethany gave me hers. And you're like, oh, thank God. That's right. I think one of the first like major conversations we had was we were walking out of that telecom class talking about Mass Effect. So Mass Effect is responsible for many of my good friendships. Thanks, Mass Effect. Oh, God. When we went to Geek Girl Con, right up at the front door of the uh, the merch hall was uh, Dragon Sworn Cosmetics, which is this really, really cool uh, Etsy shop that makes nail polish and eyeshadow based on various video game fandoms, including Mass Effect. So as soon as we get up to the table and we see that there are Mass Effect nail polishes, Annie looks this woman behind the counter like dead in the eye and with utter seriousness says, where's the Garrus? And she handed a bottle over and Annie bought it immediately. It's very good polish. Oh, speaking of Geek Girl Con, we should talk about how that went. Yeah, Geek Girl Con is like a smaller convention in Seattle. And the Seattle area is where Mackenzie and I are both located. And that's somewhere that Kate can fly to without a whole lot of relative trouble. Honestly, like, as I recall, we pitched that panel not expecting that they would actually give us a panel. And then they did. And then, like, way more people showed up than we thought we're going to. <laughs> Honestly, we had no idea what to brace ourselves for. We were like, you know what? If, like, one person turns up, we'll consider that a success. We lowered our expectations wonderfully. And then, like, 30 people showed up. Like, we filled the room. Yeah, that was surprising. It was really surprising. But it was also, you know, we had one of the smallest rooms, so it filled the room and also, like, it was intimate enough that we actually had, like, conversations with everybody that came, and it was really nice. Yeah, and people came up to talk to us after. And everybody agreed to let us skip the Rio slide. But we did have Rio's top five worst outfits. We did, and we had a, a wonderfully terrible PowerPoint, which unfortunately, I had a lot of really cool slide transitions in there that didn't carry over, because we couldn't hook Annie's surface up to the thingy, so we had to hook my netbook up instead, and my netbook only had the reader version of PowerPoint, which didn't have all the ridiculous slide transitions. Yeah, you worked really hard making that as garbage as possible. I did. I devoted an entire evening to it, sitting on Annie's couch. Yeah, the convention actually ended up being really great. We applied for that in a different one this year, but we didn't make the cut for whatever reason. But that's definitely something that I think might be fun to do perennially. 
So, what was your guys' favorite character from Gem of the Holograms? Uh, everybody knows my favorite. Yeah, everyone knows Mackenzie's favorite. Kit, where'd you fall on this, though? There were so many really good side characters. Like, so many times where there was just a side character who was on for 30 seconds, and I'm like, this is my favorite character in the entire world. Right up there is that guy from, like, the first arc who's like, I love to see sparks fly. Oh, yeah, the Texan guy. That guy was really good. In terms of major characters, Tekrat's my son, and I I ended up really, really liking Rhea. I mean, usually when they introduce characters as, like, a, a last-ditch, hey, let's draw more attention to the show type thing, that character ends up being like really tiresome but Rhea was really great she had a lot of personality to her she had uh, an interesting story that didn't get touched on very much but when it did I really enjoyed it she had a great dad and a great family like dynamic yeah it was really nice that she like actually came from a different background and wasn't like they're all sisters they all had the same mom basically when did we do a series wrap on Eric Raymond does anyone remember when he faded in the background I don't remember I think we just kind of forgot that he was in any future episodes. I think his final speaking appearance might have been, wait, pizzazz, sell it to me. Oh my god, you're right. That was it. And then Bonnie latches onto him and calls him Uncle Eric. And demands be taken to the circus so she could throw herself at a bear. Uh, yeah, so that, that was a series wrap on Eric and we kind of forgot. Which is too bad because I think Eric, Raymond, and Techrat might be my favorites. Yeah, if I had to create a list, it'd be Riot, Eric, and then Techrat. What does that say when our favorite characters are the guys? It says that we like douchebags. Can we say douchebag on this show? I for- Whatever, you know what? It's the final episode. We can say douchebag. Now. I know I'm a big fan of douchebags. Okay, let's not press it. Okay. In terms of like songs, which I do realize that at this point it may be difficult to remember all of them. But what, what did everybody like most in terms of the songs? I like the misfits and how they're powerful and angry and they're in control of their emotions and their songs. I was thinking like specific songs. Misfits in Hawaii. <sighs> They aren't afraid of voicing their complaints. It looks so wrong that Sarong does. I actually really like that jealousy song from the movie episodes. That's the one that ends in Rio not being able to tell real life apart from acting, where he punches the star in the face because he was, like, kissing Jim. Wow, that's- I'd forgotten that happened. That's amazing. Also, unsurprisingly, I'm a big fan of a lot of the Stinger songs. Yeah, the Stinger songs were, like, there weren't that many, but- they were by and large like really well created. Yeah, it, it hit like that point where like I guess they'd gotten so used to doing the Misfits and the and the hologram songs that they were kind of used to just writing for these glam rock bands at this point. Yeah, it really feels like this is something that an experienced team was creating at that point. I still really like rock and roll forever. <laughs> rock and roll forever. Rock and roll forever. I mean, because like that's that's kind of stuff that like my parents would put on for road trips when I was a kid. So it it, it hits me right here. No, and, and that really did like achieve exactly what it set out to do, right? Its mission statement was to make a song that sounded like it came from that era. And they really did a good job at that. I also really enjoyed the Stingers songs that sounded like Return to Pooh Corner by Kenny Loggins. <laughs> Worst song. Well, we know what Annie's answer is gonna be. Uh, I gotta say, just in terms of, like, I hated whenever it came on because it came on so often, like a dream. Yeah. 
That's what I was going to lean towards, like a dream. Happy endings? Happy endings is up there too. Oh God, I hate happy endings in like a dream. I also hate I'm taking a train. It's one thing for a song to be bad, but you only have to hear it once. We had to hear like a dream and happy endings so often. That's true. Like taking a train is just offensively awful. It is an insult to your ears. But it's only applicable in one very specific situation. So we only had to hear it once. Which is when you're taking a train. (laughs) You know what song that I actually really like thinking about it? Jack Take a Hike. That wasn't bad, yeah. I don't know why I like it as much as I do, but I like it. So, um, we should probably talk about the comic a little bit. So the comic was a delight, honestly. It was kind of, uh, Annie and I, whenever we take, like, these small road trips to go to the Covered Bridge Festival or something like that, we talk about how if we could rewrite Jim, what we would do, we would have lesbians, we would change these people in this way and give them more personality, and, and, we, and we actually had a notebook where we filled up with ideas like this. And it's like the comic, mentally came in and stole our notebook. But in a good way. But in a good way, yes. It did different things than I think we would have done. We were definitely setting it in a post-apocalyptic future. I mean, it technically the comic has gone there. You're not wrong. I was amazed by the comic proving that the concept of Jem could actually be like, good like it could keep everything that we love about jim and still be like a coherent story yeah like i know there's stuff that people complain about and that some of those are warranted some of them aren't i i feel but like i really feel that tonally it is absolutely stayed true to gem of the holograms the cartoon which is melodrama and over-the-top hijinks low stakes personal drama and high stakes sci-fi garbage it probably could have used a few more like lions on the loose. I choose to believe that if the comic had continued as it had, there would eventually have been lions. That's probably a safe bet. So much of what makes the book work is interpersonal relationships as well. That's the one thing I really liked about both the Gem cartoon and the Gem comic is the potential for character drama. That's really my favorite kind of storytelling period is let's take these really strong, diametrically opposed personalities and see what happens when you smash them up against each other. It's fun. So, favorite episode. Oh, no. (laughs) Do you want to start with least favorite? Is that easier? I gotta say, the Morvonia one is definitely my least favorite, which it shouldn't be. It involves hiding diamonds in a dragon's mouth. But by the standards of Gem, it's not very good. Or was it bombs? Was it bombs and dragons? There was a bomb in the dragon. Were there gemstones in the dragon too? I can't remember. That might be a different episode. I can't remember either. Here's why we don't like the Morvonia episode. We can't remember what happens in it, which is a bad sign. In my head, I keep mixing it up with the one with the robots. That one also was not very good. No, and by all accounts, it should have been. That was the one with the guy who is into modern art. Culture Clash? Yeah, that's the one. The one that didn't feature Clash. Culture Clash, the one that didn't have Clash, but did have a modern artist. And also the writer of the episode messaged us on Twitter to say that actually they knew a lot about modern art, which, sorry about that. We shouldn't have cast judgment. My two favorite episodes would probably be Riot's Hope, of course. Um, but the second one, I'd actually have to say Intrigue at the Indy 500 just because of how convoluted it is. But if I got a chance to pick a third, I would do Journey Through Time so hard. I, I love Eric being a-, a Time Lord. I can't believe that, like, cemented our theory of Eric being a Time Lord. I have a soft spot in my heart for In Stitches just because of the Shayna rampage. Oh, man. Mad Shayna. I did not appreciate Mad Shayna before this podcast. She was so mad and it was so good. Good. I really, really love One Gem Too Many. Gem's voice actress gets to just go off the walls being like so over the top and in a range that she usually doesn't get with Gem. 
because it was Clash impersonating Jem. So she just got to be angry and outraged and just completely absurd. It was great. And that's also the one where in like the span of three minutes, Jem and the holograms and Dance and Rio get trapped on a barge that goes out to sea that's automatically being piloted by Tech Rat. Then they take apart the boards of the barge to build a raft, a smaller boat off the boat to put in the water, then find their way to shore, then get picked up by a tomato farmer and his daughter who loves Jem and the holograms. They give them a ride to the concert where they then use the tomatoes in the back of his truck to throw at fake Jem, who is now revealed as Clash, who cannot sing and will never be a misfit. Two other honorable mentions that I want to bring up. Number one being The Fan, just because it's the Jem gaslighting episode and there are very few shows that will go there. Oh my god, that one's so, so, so good. Jem lightly presses her head against a wall and then immediately passes out. Second being the presidential dilemma because Jem rescues the president of the United States. Who is the only other person privy to the secrets of Jem and the holograms. This president of the United States is kidnapped by a legit super villain who we've never seen before and will never see again and Jem rescues him from an underground president museum. <laughs> this feels like an episode from a completely different cartoon. And that's the one where Synergy is torn apart and we see her nightmarishly slowly losing sentience. And of course honorable mention for the day the music died. You know really a lot of the episodes that are really good are the ones that we've ended up having Chris Sims on for. Chris has impeccable taste in Jem episodes. God you guys we've had some really good guests on our show and I just want to extend a thank you to everybody that we've had guests on on our show, Chris Sims, my husband John, Lucas coming in at the very end, and Dimly has been a great guest every time. Thanks all of you for coming on the show. Sorry that I haven't been on with most of you. Thank you for pinch hitting for Mac in some cases. Chris, we swear Mackenzie actually doesn't hate you. I hate you, Chris. Don't listen to her, Chris. You know, your vendettas are your own business. Enemies for life. We are not responsible for any vendettas Mackenzie may or may not have. Thank you for putting up with our incredibly unprofessional recording process and scheduling process. And Kelly. We had Kelly on. We had Kelly Thompson on. How did that happen? This has been a really great experience. I don't know how much it's affected you guys, but not only have I gotten to hang out with two really great people more often and talk with them and make jokes with them, it is a gift to me to be able to like hear you guys make funny jokes all the time. But podcasting has also allowed me to meet so many like really great people and actually become friends with some of them like real friends and also like it's introduced me to so many incredible people and allowed me to like I guess in another podcast because of this and I've made really good friends and I'm very grateful for that. Same here uh, I've met a lot of really great people through this I have deepened friendships with two of the best people I know because of this show I start. I, I mentioned that I was unemployed when I started doing this show. I had just at the time left a career that I loved and that I was very good at, but was killing me, both figuratively and in some cases, literally. I was adrift. I didn't really know what I was going to do next. And doing this show helped me remember that I was capable of like making stuff that people enjoy. It kind of helped me sort of rediscover myself as a creative, as an artist, and helped me get the confidence to not just do this, but also to like advance my career in other fields and do that full-time job that we've been talking about that has been such a nuisance. So I just want to thank everybody in the fan base, especially everybody who has commented on our show, who has commented on our YouTube videos, who has taken the time to message us on Tumblr or on Twitter. Your guys' feedback and me knowing that you guys are out there and listening has been some of the best 
best therapy I could have asked for, really. It's been a marvel, like, every single time somebody actually likes something that we do, and it is it is humbling that we can put something out on the internet, really with very little advertising, and have people like it and appreciate it, and then sometimes, like, they'll tell us, like, we've heard once or twice that it's actually, like, helped someone, and that's more than I could ever hope for. Mackenzie, you got any thoughts? I'm really glad I met other people who like the Stingers. I mean, yeah. The Stingers are a contentious group. I just I just feel after a, a long, heart-wrenching speech, that's the best I can offer. I really do love you guys. So, the Gem Gem is changing. It is not going away, because there's still comics coming out, and we, we obviously have to cover that. That is the mission statement of this show. We've made a blood oath. As long as there is gem, there shall be the gem jam. We danced air clad in the night as we uh, spread our blood over each other's shoulders. It was kind of awkward and a little cold. We obviously can't keep doing a weekly podcast because the comic does not come out weekly. So what we're going to do is sort of an ad hoc thing. Basically, whenever we've got a new comic to talk about, we will try to record as soon as possible. And then I will try to have it edited and uploaded as soon as possible. So we're not going to keep having the same weekly schedule that we've had, but there's still going to be more gem jam coming definitely call it once a month ish considering that idw's release schedule is not always once a month and in the event that this comic is canceled and then in future comes back or there's a new gem cartoon then we shall rise as if from the grave to record more gem jam uh i am going down to seattle to uh meet with these two over thanksgiving weekend american thanksgiving i already had my thanksgiving we are going to try and figure out a way to do some kind of live stream over the weekend it may just be for one night we are going to do our best to just like hang out with you guys and uh, read some more of the Choosable Path books and talk about Gem and some other stuff and maybe do a Q&A. We'll see. That's something we really want to do and we just got to figure out the technology for it and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys then. Yeah, our and it's weird to say this, fans have been really great and it's always a really good time like hanging out with you guys like when Mackenzie and I went to GemCon after discovering it existed a week prior. It was really cool to talk with people there. It's always been really great to hang out with people so we would love to hang out with y'all a little more. So that's the plan for the Gem Jam. We are still doing other stuff. Right. I Will Fight You, which has been coming out about every six weeks or so. Basically, we're going to be doing our annual holiday hiatus. And then we come when we come back in January, the plan is for us to have I Will Fight You every three weeks and Date Me Damn It every week. Right. A lot of this comes down to what Kit can juggle and she has been incredible in juggling as much as she has been for a while. So Kit deserves a break. I want weekends off again, you guys. As it is, I don't have days off. I just have days where I'm working from home as opposed to in the office. I don't understand how you've been able to keep up this update schedule. You've had that job for about a year now, your full-time job. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. You've been incredible, Kit. I mean, we've had to take a couple of skip weeks just because there's some weeks where I've either been sick or we didn't have something recorded or I've just been too dead tired. But overall, (laughs) I've managed to keep to the schedule, which I'm quite proud of myself for. And thank you guys so much for being patient with us when we've pulled skip weeks. Like, season three has been a bit of a nightmare. Both in terms of scheduling and people keep on getting sick and us having to attend things like weddings and stuff. And yeah, it was rough. But we managed to do it. We got through season three. I'm not dead. You might also see some rebranding in the future since the Gem Jam will no longer be our cornerstone. You may see us restructure a few more things to be Crooked Russian Cam as our main sort of umbrella. But that's something, again, we're still working out. But just so you're not 
surprised. We're not going anywhere, we're shifting some things, but we still really love podcasting and we love talking to you guys and we love hearing from you. We are not leaving you. I'm really glad to see where we can take this. I'm really glad to have weekends off again. Those things can coexist. <laughs> again, I'm just, I'm very grateful that we have been able to do this. I'm so grateful to the people who have supported us, whether on our Patreon or not. Just having a kind word about something we did can mean as much as someone chipping in a dollar. So, so much of my creative output over the years, I've had the feeling that I'm just kind of screaming into the abyss. So, so to have such a uh, lively and vocal and friendly community surrounding this show is amazing for me. The Gem and the Holograms community has been phenomenal, except for the ones that got upset that Stormer's fat. I feel like this has been an overwhelmingly positive and good project for me, and I am very glad that we got to do it. I've got this great sense of accomplishment that we actually did finish the cartoon, that we didn't end up bailing out halfway through. And let's see what we can do next. Thank you again. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thanks for sticking with some of the uh, not great uh, episodes. We're sorry about the audio quality at the start. We didn't know how to make podcasts. We learned a lot, Kit in particular. Oh my god. <laughs> Kit, this podcast would not be possible without you, and I mean that in a very literal and real way. Thank you. Thank you, Kit. I am baffled by your knowledge, and I am grateful for you every day for putting in the hours that I have not to make this happen. You are the glue that holds us together. Thank you. I'm gonna go take a nap. And of course, thank you, Mackenzie. Uh, your enthusiasm is unbridled, as is your rage. Thank you, Annie, for doing most of the heavy lifting in terms of hosting. And just keeping the conversation rolling. Because if this show were just me and Mackenzie, it would just be like hours of dead silence with the occasional bad joke. <laughs> it would just be typing noises and scrolling noises and then occasionally Mackenzie going, oh my god! <laughs> together we make one confident podcaster slash labradoodle. I mean it, you were my very good friends, and I am so happy that we went on this adventure together. Yay. And we are so glad that you came along for the adventure, dear listener. We'll see you for the next comic episode of Gem of the Holograms. In the meantime, we'll have, I believe, one more I Will Fight You uh, before our hiatus. You can also catch Date Me Damn It on the regular, of course. And other than that, we will see you on the other side of the winter holidays. So... Until then, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam. Stay outrageous.